Welcome back to Radiotherapy. I'm your host, Calypso, and this is Chapter 5 of Conversations in Black. Here's my input. First question, is it possible to establish a collective Black agenda? If so, how should we try? Um, I don't think it's possible, if I'm honest. I don't think it's possible, and I don't... I think we should try to create something on a larger scale, but I think the only way to do that is for different groups to come together and sit at the table. And I think it's like different groups and different age groups to come together. So like you could take something like have people from Black Lives Matter sit down with people from the NAACP, sit down with people like Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, the honor, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and come together and create something. I don't necessarily know if it would be perfect, but it wouldn't need to be, and it's totally impossible to encompass everything. But I think if you had people from a variety of age groups, from a variety of perspectives come together and who are able to compromise and are more concerned about helping the people than getting glory, um, then I think it's totally possible. So actually, I do think it's possible. I don't think that it's going to happen just based off of, uh, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think if you read the book, like, um, you can kind of see, like, my whole, kind of see what I mean, because they make the same comment in the book that it does seem like people are more concerned with, like, glory than they are with helping people, or at least that's the way that I took it. So I think it's possible. I'm, I'm not hopeful, I should say. It's possible. I'm not hopeful. Should we try? I support it. Um... And I think that's what um, Ice Cube is doing is he's trying to put together that agenda, which I think is going to be amazing. And I hope that he gets a variety of voices and a variety of scholars. Um, you know, I think it's important for you to look at scholars like Thomas Sowell. I mean, the man is 90 and he is to me like, so amazing. And I think he sounds better than Joe Biden. I'm like, Joe Biden, how is this 90 year old man more articulate than you? Um, but I think him, I think looking at people like Walter Williams, Shelby Still, Larry Elder, just to incorporate a different perspective and voices that aren't, aren't regularly heard would be very amazing. And they're all amazing scholars who, well, not all of them, but because Larry Elder isn't a scholar, but I think you have those three people, the first three people I mentioned, Steele, Williams, Soul, those are great scholars who have done a lot of research, a lot of extensive research, a lot of extensive research, whoa, um, on black life in terms of like economics uh, affirmative action and different things like that. I think they have an interesting perspective. I even think that, like, that's an older generation. I think even talking to people like, uh, 
He wrote False Black Power. Uh, dang. What is this? Uh, Jason Riley talking to people like Coleman Hughes. I think including those people. Coleman Hughes is great. Uh, he just graduated from Columbia. He's like 24. I think he might be 25 now. But he has a degree in philosophy and he is already has uh, he already writes for different publications. Um, and I think he writes for The New Yorker now. I'm not sure about that. Something like that. But he's a fellow at uh, one of the institutes on the East Coast. So I think getting those kind of voices heard as well, because I think sometimes uh, it's a little unbalanced unless people want it to be balanced. Um, and people are more likely to talk to people who agree with them and they get entrenched in that. So those are some voices that I think are very valuable and would be very, very valuable and I think need to be amplified, especially in the climate we're living in right now. It is 3.15. I can't believe I'm doing this. Why do I wait till the last minute to do everything and why do I want to do everything at night? All right. Question number two, uh, what issues facing blacks, uh, are most pressing in our current movement, police brutality, education, employment, voting, what issues facing the black community are the most pressing in our current movement? moment moment I don't know why I said movement moment um I think for me I'm gonna go with education just because I think once people have the education even if you don't necessarily get the job you want you know what I mean you can take it and go somewhere else with it and you can do something else with it so I would say education is key because that's something that people can't take away from you. No one can take knowledge from you. I also think no one can necessarily give it to you. But since we love degrees and we love like random pieces of paper because somebody can sit in a room and let you talk to them and you turn in all their useless work, that's low-key meaningless unless you ever want to get it published or something like that um, and doesn't actually really help you in the real world you know, you can always just pick up a book, go to the library and get all the knowledge you want. So you got to realize that schooling, knowledge, education, I think all of those have different meanings. But hey, I think everybody should get their piece of paper. And then from there, do whatever you want, as long as you have that to fall back on. Um, but I think that's the most pressing. And I think that that's, like I said, those things, that's something that will move us forward. Education and financial literacy, I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. All right. Um, how are organizations in your community addressing this issue? I have no idea. I should. I have all this free time right now, so I should do some research. And you're learning that, like, I just moved here to this place, and I don't know a lot about it. Um, and where I previously lived, there wasn't a lot of black people, so they did not uh, really focus on it. Of course, it was like a thing, but not, not dealing with like, I guess, like young people and stuff like that. There was definitely access to different things for like older people going to college and stuff like that, but not necessarily for younger groups, or at least not that I was aware of. 
So, yeah, I definitely have no idea how my community is addressing this issue, especially now, given that, uh, you know, we're doing this distance learning thing and there are people who are really, like, having problems within their own home and it's like, how are they supposed to focus on their work? What about people who, like, don't even live inside of houses? There's all sorts of... um issues that come into play, especially when it comes to reading and the fact that we pass people um, who can't read. I, I think it's like a shame. How do you get a high school diploma and still not know how to read? But it happens and I don't understand it. And I don't know if that just because of that whole no child left behind thing, but like we need to make sure we have an educated populace and you should be able to like be able to read, you know? Um, so you can obtain knowledge yourself about topics that are important to you. But yeah, I don't really have an answer on how uh, my community is really handling that. Um, looks like I have some research to do. All right. Next question is, how can these organizations stay true to their mission, uh, taking money from corporations. Okay, this is a complicated question. I think, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't take, m that corp, that you shouldn't take corporate money because there's also a lot of corporations that are, um, also creating problems for black people. You know, I think about, um, later on we'll talk about this, or I guess I can talk about it now because in the chapter I'm reading right now, uh, it is talking about uh, how it's talking about Unilever, which or I don't know, Unilever. It's like a basically like this conglomerate. They have a lot of like they do a lot of beauty stuff. But OK, so they own Dove. I stopped buying them because they sell. I stopped buying Dove because they're owned by them. And they sell skin bleaching products. But you know what I think is so, sh what I think is strange is that you have black owned beauty companies that end up selling to these conglomerates and, uh, you know, basically giving up to me something that's beautiful. I think that if you own a black business, I think you should be trying to, if you're going to sell it, sell it to another black person or something like that, you know, like try and keep it within your own family. I don't know. I just think that that's definitely a better way to do things. But back to the question at hand, I think that it's hard. I think it's just hard to maintain your mission and attain money. You know, especially if you're not getting the support from the community that you need. I think it can be difficult and can put you into some precarious situations. And I also think it compromises your principles in a way. But at the end of the day, nothing gets done without money in our society. So it's one of those like oh, Michelle Obama says, it is what it is. Um, are you a general or a soldier? Um, that's so hard. Am I a general or a soldier? What different roles do you play in your community? And I think 
this is so such a diff such a difficult question because I feel like I don't know one I don't feel like I'm at war and I don't want to be at war I want us all to process our trauma so we can move forward together um but I guess I have to say general just because I'm not much of a follower and stuff I am more of like I'm more of a of a watcher and stuff I don't know I don't I think both of those are inaccurate for me but I would guess I will go with general or I'm just or I'm just a horrible soldier um and what different roles do I play in the community right now I play no role in my community and I think that that's just one because I just moved here and I haven't really like found my footing and then we went into coronavirus and I, I think also, too, because I, as you know, by listening to me, I have a very interesting perspective and I don't see things in a black and white sort of way. And I do like to, like, talk things out and, like, try to find a solution that I'm comfortable with or that I can live with, but I don't necessarily see something as all bad or all good. I think I do exist in this, like, middle space, and of course, like, one of my teachers once told me, magic happens in the middle, um, so you shouldn't try to always under, you shouldn't be trying to understand either side, you should just, like, you exist in the middle, just embrace the magic kind of thing, uh, thank you, Kirby, but, uh, I think, I think that's hard, to I think it's hard to engage my community because of that because I can't 100% agree because I embrace I guess in a sense uh, a more nihilistic or I embrace a little bit of like moral nihilism I am or I try to be non-judgmental I try to look at things from a very phenomenological perspective, I and be like and have like a multi lens perspective, you know, uh, when I look at things to not just see it from like my own way or my own perspective or my own experiences and stuff like that. I'm trying to get better at being a little bit more like firm. I guess, on things, but it's just hard because, like, yes, I have the way that I think, but when I'm talking to people and stuff, like, I can share, I can share what I think, but I can also understand where people are coming from, you know, and I, and I do think that that's, like, in general, most people, you know, are going to be willing to hear you out, whether or not you change their mind is a different story, and I think, for me, I, I want to make, I think it's just hard for me to make decisions about different, about, uh, very serious topics. It's just like, cause there's, at the end of the day, sometimes there is no right answer. There's only like the right answer for the moment, for the time, um, for the mood and stuff. So yeah, like I said, I don't know what I am, I would, I guess I would go, I lean towards general, but if not, I'm just a very, very bad soldier, and 
playing parts in my community is difficult because I exist in this middle space and I don't have very, I don't necessarily know what the right way is and I don't necessarily think I know how to communicate with my community or where to start or I guess it's more so like where to start like what I understand what's important to me, but I guess I question whether or not it's, like, what my community cares about, and I don't necessarily know how to, like, jump in there and get stuff done, because you do need, like, backing. You do need different things like that, so I guess I should struggle with that. I struggle with that. And then, of course, the next question is, how can you engage others to participate? And this is what I'll say today. I encourage everybody to participate to a place uh, where they feel comfortable. And I think everybody has to find a way to engage their community and engage the issues that are important to them in a way that makes them feel good. I don't think that you should have to... You can support whatever it is you want to support. It doesn't mean you need to be marching in the streets. It doesn't mean that you have to put a hashtag out there It doesn't mean that you have to talk about it every second. I think everybody has to find their own way to be the best person that they can be and support the issues that are important to them. That is hard, uh, I think, because when you come out and you say whatever it is that you want to say, I think that that can be difficult. So I don't try to make it stringent in the sense that like you have to do this and this is the only way to do that and this is how you need to do it and all that stuff. I think everybody should participate in what they want to participate in, engage whatever it is they want to engage in to whatever degree that they're comfortable with it. Because you are the person at the end of the day who has to live with the choices that you make. You know, I don't agree with people who feel like they need to commit terrorism to get their point across. I don't agree with that. But if that's what you feel like you need to do to be heard and for people to get what you're saying, I mean... I guess you got to do what you got to do as long as you're willing to accept the consequences of the things that you do. I've got no problem with it. Um, And I think too, my, this is like unrelated, but kind of related. My issue with people who don't want their, who choose to be anonymous, you know, like whether that be on social media, whether that be like wearing masks in uh, public while they're doing nefarious things or protesting. I think that you should be proud of whatever you're choosing to do, whatever level engagement you want. Um, I think you have to be proud of it. And if you're not proud of it, I think covering yourself or remaining anonymous is somewhat cowardice and I totally see some somebody could probably turn that around on me like oh well you have this name that you go by blah 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 blah. but like I'm not actively going around hiding myself 
You know what I mean? I think people can find you on the internet if they want to fucking find you. Okay? Like, as many Karens of people have, like, figured out where they live and what job they have and all that stuff, if you want to find somebody, you can find somebody. But I don't know. I think that... And I totally get that there are different risks for different people, but I think if it's important to you and you feel like that risk is a good risk, then why be ashamed of it? Why hide it? You know what I mean? I think there is a little level of cowardice. Going back to a previous question that I answered, um, in five or no, in six or four, because I'm, I'm recording five right now. Um, and I recorded six first. Don't judge me. I don't know how to count. (laughs) Um, going back to, Ugh, now I lost my train of thought. But going back to uh, the question about what we can learn from the older generation of activists, I think we can learn how to be open and honest about who it is that we are and what it is that we support. I think because of social media, we've gotten comfortable being able to, like, hide. And I think that's also because there's so, like, with cancel culture and people are so, like, vicious nowadays about, like, you believe this and, like, then they attach your belief to some stuff that you don't even believe in and, like, totally twist your whole entire life around and you're like, whoa, 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 like, I don't know how we got here. I don't know how you got that to equal this. So I think all of that plays into it as well. But I think that that's something that we can uh, learn from them. To stand up for what we believe in. To not hide who we are because we shouldn't be ashamed of the things that we believe in. And like I said, everybody has to find their level of participation that they're comfortable with. So if you're only comfortable putting yourself out there to a certain extent, whether that be like, okay, I just want to be on Twitter and I want to put hashtags up or whatever, then that's what you should do. If you want to go out and march, then that's what you should do. But I don't think that you should hide your face. I think you should be proud of the work that you're doing because you're participating in the thing that makes you happy and makes you proud, you know, uh, or at least I hope that's how it makes you feel. I don't, I feel like no one should feel guilty or feel like they have to be in the streets or feel like they have to support some stuff they don't believe in because it's trendy. So that's my words of encouragement in terms of participation. Participate to the point where you're comfortable and are willing to just let it all be out there and don't let anybody silence you. Don't what I can't even think of that Dave Chappelle quote where he's like, don't it's like something like don't let these bitches punk you or something like that. Don't let them shut you up. I don't even know. But it's something along those lines. And I totally Oh, he says something about these don't let these bitch ass niggas do something. But I really think that that's the way you have to live. Don't be ashamed. Get up on your stage and make it yours, you know. Anyways, that's it for me. I have one more to do, I think, or maybe two. 
I'm like, oh my God, it's almost four o'clock in the morning. Until next time.